the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. This is a briefcast. And if you aren't familiar with that, it's when I come to you guys between full-fledged episodes. And if you hadn't had a chance to check out a full-fledged episode, if you're just trying this podcast out to see how it feels, check out a, a whole episode and check out my special teams unit. Now, Eddie Robinson and Biscuit, Kevin Allen, even Kalina. And check out some of our past guests, some of the interviews we've done, and just get a feel for what we do so you can add this podcast to your menu a podcast. I'll tell you more information about it at the end, but as you know, if you are familiar with the briefcast, I come to you guys with a couple of things that's on my that are on my mind. And I think obviously the biggest thing since I last came to you, when last came to you in episode eighty with Eddie Robinson, we had our picks for the Super Bowl. It was a whole thing. He, a New Orleans native, he was really excited about the game and we got into that. And we know how that ended. So I'm going to talk about the NFC Championship game and the AFC Championship game. My problems with both of those games and the taint that surrounds the Super Bowl. I'll talk a little bit about it. And I'll talk about a little bit about Anthony Davis as well and a couple of other smaller things, maybe. Well, let's start with the biggest story that will reverberate around the NFL for many, many years to come. It was the blown pass interference call against the Los Angeles Rams that essentially sent them to the Super Bowl. Now, the I guess the the common uh, response to that is, oh, one play doesn't cost you a game. You can't say one call, one no call cost you the game. And usually I get it. I can go with that. But most of the time, this is my theory on that. These teams, especially at this point of the season, are so closely competitive. They are so closely matched up that any small thing can give you an edge. You talk about the great, the GOAT, and I call him the GOAT, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick looks for any small detail. It, uh, Tom Brady, any small detail to give them an edge. Whether it's real or perceived, they try to get that edge. That tells you how intense the competition is in the NFL. And this is the ultimate competition to get to the Super Bowl. So when you it, when two teams are that closely matched, it's so important that everything go your way for you to get the win. Now, in this situation, these teams were very, very closely matched. And New Orleans, I thought, would have won the game. I thought that the call cost them the game. Now, you can say, well, if they had a chance and an opportunity in overtime, shouldn't have come to that. The game would have and should have been over. Well, if they would have ran the ball three times, blah, blah, blah. They would have won the game. And for me, it harkens back to a childhood trauma. So I know what the people of New Orleans are going through when it comes to bad calls. I looked at them, I looked this up because I wanted to talk about it. But I remember it vividly. The Love Your Blue Oilers and the Mike Renfro catch. Now, that was the play that led the NFL uh, to go with replay. Uh, many point to that play to say, hey, 
This is why they eventually implemented replay into the NFL. And I know there were a number of other calls, but that was a high-profile uh, AFC Championship game, and the Oilers were going in for the tie. In the third quarter, Mike Renfro makes the catch. He makes the catch, and they paused. They talked about it. And after, I guess, the crowd got involved and the referees huddled, they said no. It was an incomplete pass, and the rest is history, and Earl Campbell never got to a Super Bowl. The Dan Pastorini, Dante Pastorini, Carl Mark, Robert Brazil, those guys were robbed. Love you, Blue. The city of Houston, when it was really, really just us. Okay, when I was a child, it was just us. It wasn't, you know, now we had this big explosion in the early 80s, the oil boom, and people came from all over, and they loved their team first, but then they also loved the Houston teams. No, this was just us. This was when Houston was a smaller city, and any national attention was huge for us. And, I mean, now we're the fourth largest. We were, we have Beyonce. Uh, we have uh, Travis Scott. We have so much. We have me. There's so many things. So so we don't, you know, it's not as a big of a deal to hear. Oh, we, and we had the Astrodome. We forgot about the Astrodome. And whenever we saw ourselves or heard about ourselves nationally, it was a pretty big deal. Imagine if you were like Tulsa, Oklahoma. And anytime you see something nationally about Tulsa, Oklahoma, you're like, okay, Tulsa, yeah. Well, Houston obviously was bigger than that. But essentially, anytime we heard ourselves nationally, uh, that was a big, big, big deal for us. And for me, couldn't have been a bigger Houston Oilers fan. And I just remember being heartbroken in both of those years when we almost kicked the door in and then we were going to kick the son of a bitch down. We never did. And, but it, and it haunts us, uh, haunts many native Houstonians to this day. And if you go back, I don't, I'll post this on Twitter, on my, on my, uh, Facebook, uh, group page, fan page, the scene when the team returned after the loss. But anyway, I say that to say these things reverberate. They live for a long period of time. Now the call was clearly blown. The Super Bowl is and will be tainted. Now, history may try to forget, but I think the people of New Orleans and all the Saints fans around the country are doing a great job of keeping this alive, and I think they're doing a great job of making sure that this stays alive for many, many years to come. Now, that being said, what do you do? Now, I don't go, I don't subscribe to the conspiracy theory that Florida refs live in the L.A. area. I don't get into that, and I, I, I wish they could have replayed the game. But that that's not a, a viable solution either. I think it just goes back to you have to be able to challenge any play that you want as a coach. And under two minutes, anything uh, like that, you have to review. And, I, you know, you can get in the holding calls. It opens up a Pandora's box, I know. But maybe even uh, just a post-game, a post-season situation where – you just open it up and you have to be able to fix something that you know is wrong. It's just wrong. It's not right. And you just have to be able to fix that. So I guess if I had to have a, a solution, cause a lot of us complain and don't have viable solutions. I think that you have to first, if you're the league, acknowledge that you were wrong and Open up the challenges. Maybe just maybe try it in the postseason to say, hey, we'll give each team an extra challenge and you can contest anything you want to contest. 
Um, but maybe that's just for the postseason. I know so many people just worried about, oh, the games run so long. The games run so long. Well, this game is still going on in the minds and the hearts uh, of NFL folks all over. And even the, the casual fan, not even a, uh, the, the most avid fans. I'm talking about just casual fans who tune in for the last month of the season uh, for the playoffs. This is not a good thing. You can say, well, any publicity is good publicity. And it's, it's just not. And it opens the league up to sort of the conspiracy theories to, to come up with their theories. And I've seen videos and all the NFL is fixed. I mean, it's a crazy world. And with technology and YouTube, you can put a lot of stuff out there uh, for people to digest. And it erodes the, the belief in the league and you just can't have that. So if that means, yeah, well, we'll take it. It'll take an extra 15, 20 minutes to play a NFC championship game. And by the way, with those games going into overtime, nobody was turning away. People were on the edge of their seats. And even if that meant, okay, we have to, we give the coaches the ability to really contest anything, and then, hey, and if you don't, yeah, you lose it and maybe even get penalized 15 yards if you lose a challenge, something like that. Something where it's, when you know it's, you have to have a, a recourse. Maybe, maybe even you can go with a, a, a referee in New York to say, okay, hey, this was a missed call. Let's red flag this thing and let's fix this right now. And I just think that's the only way. There's too much on the line. You need the millions and millions of viewers that you have, and you don't want to see. I mean, with all the, the that the NFL is under attack for, the most vicious thing that can really debilitate this league is if people don't believe in the product. And, you know, like I said, going back to Mike Renfro, it hurt me. I, and I'm still haunted by that, and I still feel like somebody is to blame. So while, yeah, you, you have to let these things go and it's, it's just a game. Well, you can say that all you want to, but it's, we know economically and in the real world, what these games do for our world, for our economy, for our uh, collective uh, sort of Americanism or whatever. I don't know if that's a different discussion and we can have that one, but I, I'll just say this. The call was clearly wrong and I feel so bad for the people of New Orleans, but go back and look at Mike Renfro in 1979 in Pittsburgh and tell me that wasn't a touchdown. That altered the course of history in Houston sports. And had they went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl, guess what? We still would have the Houston Oilers. So, shouts out to my boys on Twitter uh, at Love Your Blue. We certainly appreciate those guys. Uh, it's a couple of uh, uh, Oiler sort of tribute uh, handles on Twitter, and I'm sure their websites as well. And I always indulge those things because I miss my Houston Oilers. And because, again, as a native Houstonian of a certain age, yeah, I remember, and again, I've never gotten all the way on board with the Texans, and that's a. If you listen to my Houston show, if you listen to past podcasts, I've articulated that over and over and over again. Uh, but yeah, I miss my Orleans. So uh, seeing that New Orleans thing sort of reminded me of what we went through here in the city of Houston. On the other side, in the AFC, the New England Patriots again are going. I don't know if I have definitively said this, but Bill Belichick is is the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. It's just amazing what he's able to do 
And, and again, they have a, a sort of a built-in advantage playing in the uh, AFC East, which is trash and will continue to be trash as Gates goes from Miami to, to uh, New York. It's it just uh, Buffalo won't be able to get it right. They may move to Canada or something. I don't know what they're going to do uh, with the Bills, uh, but they can't shoot straight. Nothing is really going right in that conference. And so the New England can continue to dominate that. So if you start off with five or six wins in your division and you win, you know, a handful more, and I'm not saying all of those games are easy and you have to beat whoever you're playing, who was ever in front of you. You have to beat those folks. I think that uh, you have a, a clear kind of advantage, but that being said, when it's time to roll, they roll. And I tell you, you, you can't say enough about how Bill, Bill Belichick has done it. Now, I can continue to debate the Tom Brady thing. And my, when I have these arguments, I always go back to Peyton Manning. It was the Peyton Manning-Tom Brady kind of debate. And it, to me, it boils down to this. if you Can you take Brady and put him on those Indianapolis Coast teams? And can he do what Peyton did? And if you put Peyton on New England, could Peyton have done what Brady has done? And I think, yes. And, well, I'm not sure that Brady could have done everything that Peyton did if he had lesser coaches. Because understand, what was it? Was it Jim Caldwell, Tony Dungy, uh, Jim Mora? I mean, not trash coaches by any means. But if you have the greatest coach in the history, you can. he's certainly on the Mount Rushmore of coaches in the history of this league. I think if you put Peyton in that situation, you could say, well, hey, he could have done what Brady has done. Now you could say, well, Brady never had the talent that Peyton Manning had. Well, okay. Marino never had the talent that Tom Brady has. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, you talk about Clayton and Duper, but that those defenses, by and large, were not good for many, many of those years. And I know they had the killer bees with the Blackwell brothers and all of that. But those defenses wouldn't measure up with the schemes and the things that uh, New England is able to come up with. Bill Belichick is responsible. And I think that he can do what he's doing without Tom Brady. I don't I think that Tom Brady can do what he's done without that New England Patriots organization as it's presently set up under Bill Belichick. So, uh, I say that to say, yeah, they got some calls down the stretch. And we kind of almost know that. And this whole thing with New England, we're still here thing. I, I mean, I think that that's just some things that they need for their own motivation. Most people I know pick New England. If you listen to past podcasts, people pick them. But I want to talk about the overtime situation in that game. The overtime situation was absolutely ridiculous. I, you know, and, and I've said this for a long time. The overtime rule is not fair. Now, people, you know, just, just okay, well, the defense had their chance. Oh, this, oh, that. Okay, okay, let's do all of this. If I just tell you on the surface, if, say in baseball, if the Yankees got to bat in the top of the ninth, or actually the, the Yankees got to bat in the bottom of the ninth, if they didn't allow a run in the top of the ninth, you'd be like, wait, whoa, 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 that's not right. But, hey, it takes a team effort, pitching and catching. I think you can clearly see in that example how unfair that is. If you say one team, you can have – if you don't give up any runs in the top of the order, on the top of the – the inning, uh, you can have the bottom of the inning. But if you give up, not if you give up a run, 
You can give up hits, but if you give up a run in the top half of an inning in extra innings, you lose. You don't. You never get a chance to bat. Now that's so simple. It's such a simple concept to understand. I think it's stupid. I think it's. I I've thought this for a long time. It's. It makes no sense. Well, if, if you hold them to a field goal, no, it, no, no. Both teams should get a possession. It's just. It's just fair. Again, the the Yankees go out. Don't give up a run in the top half. And then, because if you do in the top half, you won't get an opportunity to bat in the bottom half. If you use it and think about it in that sense, because, again, you can say the same thing. Well, the defense had to stop them. The pitching had to stop them. No, that's not how that goes. Both teams should have had an opportunity, and then after that, it's sudden death. You should have at least one possession in overtime. That is ridiculous. College – I don't really like the college thing where you get at the what the twenty five yard line. I really don't like that. But at least both teams get possession, and I just think that it's sort of a ridiculous situation, and they have to really think about fixing that at least in the postseason. And all this is tied to well, we have this product. We really want this game to be over in three hours. We don't, and really we want it to be over in about two thirty, and then that'll give us a chance to run extra commercials between games. I have a lot of solutions on how to fix the NFL, none of which include playing in uh, Europe or uh, in these ridiculous rules that they have. So, like I said, we can get into that. I want to know your take on that. So, give me your thoughts on that. But, again, I think both teams, I I won't even get into the roughing the passer call. But, obviously, D Ford, when he had to, to do the right thing and they threw the pick, he couldn't do it. And that's a huge, huge deal. And you you can't give. You got to treat him like Jason. You got to kill him dead. I mean, like super dead. You can't turn your back on him and hug your honey because he's going to revive himself. And he's going to come at you one more time. So D Ford made a huge mistake. I thought what uh, really Josh McDaniel did was outstanding. I don't even really care a lot about the Super Bowl because uh, again I'm I'm really sick of the Patriots and if they had true superstars other than Brady that you know you can watch him like man I really want to see this guy and appreciate his greatness maybe but I, I just don't want to see him I, and I don't want to punish them for their success I've never liked them I never thought this dynasty should have gotten started the way it did uh, because of, of the uh, the forward pass or what they call the controversial game with Oakland back in the day to get this whole thing started. I always thought that they made a deal with the devil with this whole thing. That being said, I will get up our thoughts on episode 81 of the Super Bowl and get you geared up for that. Going to take a brief time out, come back on the other side, and I will hit a couple quick things on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. All aboard your non-stop getaway to the weekend. It's the Friday Express with yours truly, Devin Wade, each and every Friday from 7 p.m. until 10, where we feature a little bit of this. A little bit of this. And a whole lot of this. Well, 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 well. 
end your work week and start your weekend with your non-stop getaway to the weekend. The Friday Express with Devin Wade, exclusively on KTSU 90.9, your community station. Welcome back to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade broadcast. Just a couple really quick things. Anthony Davis says he is not going to re-sign with the New Orleans Pelicans, and he wants to be traded. And a lot of people are crying foul, and they're saying, hey, LeBron is tampering. But I think in a lot of ways, we knew once uh, Anthony Davis changed agents and went with Rich Paul and and that group, uh, which is LeBron's agents and his agency, I thought we you kind of knew that that was a possibility. I rooted and I hoped against hope uh, that he wouldn't do that, that he would want to stay in New Orleans to sort of uh, maintain uh, what he's uh, started to build there, although you, you can't really tell because they just can't get traction. Just you would, I don't know. I just think it's bad. It's, it's really, really bad, and we'll get more into this in the next episode, but it's bad to have these super teams. It's just not good because it's not even happening organically other than in golden state, golden state, you know, and, and I know that they added Durant, and I fought Durant wholeheartedly for that. Uh, but I think if he would have stayed at OKC, golden state would have still enjoyed the success that they have enjoyed. Uh, I really do believe that. Uh, and I don't think, I think even without Durant, Houston or any other team in the West would have had a hard time getting past Golden State. So, you know, I say that to say that Golden State happened organically because they, they drafted their guys. They drafted uh, Clay and Draymond and, and Steph. And they, you know, they sort of built that team organically. And then Durant came on and made it a, a full-fledged, super-duper team. Um, but I don't, I just like it when these things happen more organically. And I know people say, well, hey, the players had a right to work and live where they want to live. Yeah, that's true. But as a fan, as a true sports fan, you just, I don't like it. You like to have big bosses in a lot of different cities and then see how these guys uh, compete with one another on the highest level when everybody's hungry and everybody. I mean, you could go around the league back in the day and everybody had a, a big dog. Everybody had a star. The way it is and the way it's going, a lot of the regular season, we have to really work hard and be avid, intense basketball fans to create storylines because a lot of this stuff is predetermined. We know that Golden State is going back to the NBA Finals. I think the East is a little bit more wide open, um, but I think by and large, we know who the champ is going to be. And I think we know that in the next couple of years, if Durant leaves Golden State and Anthony Davis uh, goes to the Lakers, I think you can start to pencil them in barring major injuries. So, you know, basketball has some issues with that. I don't know how you can fix that. I don't know if you should fix that. I just think it comes down to to character guys wanting to, um, you know, fend for themselves as opposed to let me go play with this guy and let me team up with him and let's go see what we can do together. I just can't stand that sort of thing. I guess I'm just a little bit old school and people say, well, in the end, they won't remember that Durant left OKC. Well, I'm here to tell you that as long as I have breath and I'm covering and talking about the NBA, I will keep it alive. I will remind you guys of what he did and how he did it. And LeBron, too, for that matter. So, you know, it, you, it's an old school way to do things. And I just go back to Bird and Magic 
and Jordan. Can you imagine what would have happened if, if Magic would have said, you know what, man, I can't beat Bird. I'll go play with Bird. And D- Dennis Johnson can hit the road. Me and my Bird and Magic, we can team up. Or vice versa. If 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 Larry Bird said, you know what, man, I can't get over Magic Johnson. I can't, I can't beat the Showtime Lakers. I think I'll go join them. I mean, think about and those two because they were rivals built this league up you you have to have rivalries you have to have intensity that means something i think it's very very important that you you know guys want to desperately beat other guys at all costs not by joining them but by beating them so uh we'll get more into that in episode 81 want to remind you guys I'm on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, KTSURadio.com. And uh, I want you guys to go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Facebook page, the uh, the fan page, and the group page, and, and participate. J.M. Keith, she's always putting stuff uh, up on the page, and I certainly appreciate that. And uh, all those posts that she puts up. And uh, all the folks who post on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page. And again, follow me on Twitter at Wade's Word. On Instagram, Sports Talk with D Wade. Although I need to get more active with that. Y'all, you can go with D Wade 909. So thank you so, so much. If you've not listened to anything else associated with this podcast, go back and listen to full fledged episodes. We have a whole lot of fun and we have some great things and some fun guests coming your way. Getting out of here. But as always, have a great day. Pop, this is-